Welcome to Conversations on Coast Access Radio. In this program we have conversations with people about their interests, their lives, the things that motivate and excite them. So relax and enjoy this conversation. I'm Tanya Ellis for Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. Welcome to Conversations. Now, this is quite funny because through someone else that had come into Coast Access Radio, I was looking up to do some research to put something on Facebook and I found another Wahini tour, a very strong woman called Anna Colville-Smith, who's into marketing, and she put out this journal, and I was quickly flicking through it online, and then I saw, oh, I know that woman, I know Rose, I remember her, she used to work at Ruth Pretty Catering when I did dishes there, so welcome to Conversations, Rose Lawson. Thank you for having me, it's lovely to see you after the last couple of years. And I take it you're no longer at Ruth Pretty, because we're sitting in your studio right now. I think everybody thought I was pretty silly when I quit my full-time job there and said I was going to start a terrarium business. I got some funny looks, but two or three years later, I'm, I'm pretty pleased I did. Well, when I saw, last time I saw you, I think you were bringing me a crate of dishes into the kitchen saying, sorry, <laughs> sorry, at the end of the day, Sounds and I said, right. don't worry about it, you know, the dishes just keep stacking up there, but I'd sort of heard through a couple of the girls that you were off to work as a florist, and I said, oh, I didn't know she's a florist, I thought she just worked in the shop making coffees. Classic, so, classic. Give us a little bit of background, Rose, because you're not originally from New Zealand, are you? I am. Oh I, my goodness, I, are you? I've just got a weird accent. I don't know where it came from. But I... Are you serious? I grew up in Wellington. No way. And then I moved to Dunedin. I did my floristry study when I was about 20. So I've been a florist for like 13 years. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of travelling, moving around, went to Australia, started up my business, Jungle Botanics, in Melbourne. But it was just such a big city and there was so much competition, it never really took off. Yeah. And then me and my partner moved back to New Zealand, got jobs, and I just thought, now's my time I thought to do you, something I love. I thought because you travelled heaps, and because you say your words, weird accent, yeah. that you're actually from somewhere in Europe. Oh, okay. No, nope, I've had it all. I so, don't know what it is. So the terrariums... Um, first of all, explain what a terrarium is. I'm looking at one now and they're absolutely beautiful. It's a living being, yeah. growing thing. But there'll be people out there who goes, a to what? A to what? Terranium is a very popular word to say instead of terrarium. I think like 90% of people say terranium, and that's just a made up word. Oh, okay. So you got right. it right. Well done. Oh. Terrarium. You're like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm <laughs> sure it is good. terrarium. So true terrariums are always closed. So mm -hmm. it means there's something in glass that has a lid. Yeah. And once you seal it, that means it's going to sustain itself. So if you think, if you're sealing all the water in there, it's just going to recycle that water. It's basically just the earth condensed down. So it's going to reuse all its own nutrients, reuse its water. There might be some little critters in there happily munching away and, you know, providing yeah. nutrients. I've got a terrarium that's four years that I haven't watered. Good So grief. they can last a very long time just sustaining themselves. How did you get interested in terrariums over just, you know, plain old floristry, arranging flowers and bouquets and so forth? I've always been a plant person. Mm. And I really love the idea of making something that, people can keep and nurture and get joy from for a long time. Mm. I love flowers and I love making bouquets, but it's a weak 
or two at most that they get to enjoy those. So yeah. I just thought I really want to give people something that they can, yeah, something that gives back to them over time. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's true. really special, you know. They get to watch it grow. Kids are fascinated by them. It's just a... It makes you feel like you're out in the bush, doesn't it? There's something about it. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's the moss in there. And actually, funny yeah. you should say that, because I've just met your cat, moss. Who's <laughs> <laughs> very fluffy, but not green. Yep. Um, I guess you know, you'd have to learn quite a bit about, like, the pH of the yeah, soils. the and... setup of it is really important. So a lot of people will make terrariums and just kind of jam stuff in there and hope that it works out. And mm. quite often they don't. You've got to make sure there's a really good drainage layer at the bottom so that if you overwater it, your plants aren't sitting in water. Mm -hmm. And then the soil you use is really important because if it comes, say if you go and buy a bag of potting mix from Mitre 10, it's going to come with a lot of yucky stuff in it, fungal spores, gnats, other little creatures that you don't want in there. Oh, and wow. as soon as you put them in this closed environment, they're going to get a hundred times worse. Yeah, yeah, it's like so a little incubator. Basically, yeah. for things you don't really want. So I make my own soil mix, which is reasonably sterile, which stops a lot of those problems. And then once I figured that out, it's fail-proof. So how do you I mean sterile soil? Like obviously you just don't dig in your back lawn and then exactly, exactly. pour boiling water through it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you could sterilize soil by baking it, putting chemicals on it, but I mean that takes ages. So I just make my own mix of cocoa coir, perlite, and vermicast. Right, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which is worm poo. <laughs> oh, actually, I lived in Hawke's Bay for 10 years, and just on the outskirts of Havelock North, there's a place called Wonder Worm, and it's a huge, Ooh. big worm farm. Yeah, Ooh. and I always used to wonder, who goes there? Obviously, people with terrariums. <laughs> people like me, yeah. <laughs> I think i got like 10 bags of worm poo in the back shed. So how did you learn how to make the soil just the right pH and, and right environment to go inside here because like you're, you're right if it got too moist and moldy yeah one bit of mold work. it's going to take over mm. so you've got to be really careful not to introduce that and so I think do you study that I've been making terrariums for probably seven years okay so a heap of trial and error yeah I've I've done a horticulture certificate so learning more about what plants need and how they work was really helpful mm -hmm. and just Enthusiasm. I research, I look it up all the time and I love it. It so makes it easy to learn things when you just Oh yeah, love absolutely. It, eh? know? But all these plants here, they must have to um, cohabitate with each other. and Yeah, so there's only certain plants you can use in closed terrariums because it's mm -hmm. such a high humidity. The plants that you select need to be able to handle that high humidity. Yeah. So if you ever see succulents in a closed terrarium, they will not survive. They'll just go. They'll yuck. just go mushy and they'll yeah. die. Yeah. So I use things like sort of tropical plants, peperomias, ferns, photonias. They they grow in a really humid environment, so they love this particular sort of warm, humid environment. Where do you source the plants from? It's been really hard to get plants because plants have been really popular the last couple of years they kind of had a major comeback and yeah. because I'm a small business a lot of the major plant suppliers would not supply to me because you're not two ordering years because I can't order like Mitre 10 does yeah so I struggled in the first couple of years I really struggled to get plants but I just persevered I begged people I rung them lots of times and they <laughs> gave in so now I've got a few different suppliers that send me things which is awesome 
Where do you get the containers from? These are amazing. Yeah, there's some good ones, eh? I've got yeah, probably I like... I love the big, big, oh, like... Oh, yeah. It looks like a big whiskey jug with so a cork cool, in it. So cool, isn't it? I think that one will last, you know, 10, 20 years without me really doing much to it. Just because yeah. it's the bigger they are, the, the healthier environment they are. They've got more room to breathe and grow mm. and, you know, settle into their new home. But yeah, I've got, I get them from quite a few places. Sometimes op shops. I love checking op shops out and seeing if I can find anything cool. Yeah, well, I guess you just have to put a different spin on things in your mind. Like the one I'm looking at, just to the right of... Is, is that little greenhouse got lead lighting on it, or is it just a little it's tin actually, greenhouse? It's actually just tin, but it looks like lead lighting. It does, eh? Because if that was actually lead made out of stained glass, it would be like $2,000 or something. Ooh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the receptacle to the right of that... <laughs> looks like a very old-fashioned, or it could have been, a very old-fashioned, um, like, spaghetti pasta jar with the big cork at the top. Yeah, so yeah. I guess when you go to op shops, you've just got to look at things a different way. Because exactly. you're like, oh, I could use that and put some plants in it. I've got my eyes out always for things like that. How did you get the plants into the big bottle, which has got incredibly small neck? How do you, how do, you so, do that? So it seems like it would be really hard, but as soon as you have the right tools, it's actually incredibly easy. I use... Things like really long spoons taped to the end of sticks. I've got, you know, bits of wire with things on the end. Yeah. Big, long um, little spades and things made just for terrariums. So there's lots of tools that make it really easy. But you still have to be incredibly careful making big ones like that in case they break. Or sometimes they can, you know, take it a bit hard when you're dropping stones from the top to the bottom. So you've got to be quite careful. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine that you've just about finished it, you drop one in, one ornamental stone and it puts a big crack in it. I have had one of those explode under me while I was making oh, it. I was standing great. on a ladder trying to make it because it's so big and it... Psh. Oh. Yeah, so I'm very careful now. I make them on a towel and, you know, set it all up so it doesn't ever happen again. It was terrifying. So you were just telling me... Um, before we started recording that you were in the Carpety Arts Trail last year. Yeah, it was my first year in the Carpety Arts Trail, so I had no idea what to expect, because mm. I've only been in Carpety probably three years. Um, and it was a really big deal for me. I've always wanted to be an artist, but never really believed in myself. And it was a, a beautiful moment for me to realise that I was in the Arts Trail, and it was my studio, it was my creative outlet, and people wanted to come see it Do you know and they loved it and it felt incredible I record a program called focus on arts and I have four different hosts and they always seem to bring in lots of women actually but mm. that some male artists as well but the reoccurring theme I hear with female artists and especially with artists it's such a big step to step out there and actually say hey I'm an artist come and see my stuff because there's that that it's moment of what if difficult. I fail what if people don't like my like stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah, I've had that my entire life. I dropped out of art school. I did two years of fine arts when I was first out of school. And I think that just made me feel really inadequate for a long time. But it turns out if you're doing something you love and it's something creative and mm. you are managing to make a little bit of money from it, what, what more can I need to call myself an artist? You're obviously loving what you're doing. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm pretty pleased about it, so yeah. you know, I've just got to embrace that and try and get rid of some of that imposter syndrome. I think a lot of artists go through that. And yeah. um, 
I'm, I take it the outcome of uh, the Carpety Arts Trail was successful. It was amazing. So it was so busy. We were packed the whole of both weekends. So feedback, sales? Just heaps of sales, heaps yeah. of lovely comments, people just coming in and getting excited to look at all the different little things. Because, I mean, this is not a shop. No. It is an extension of my brain. Yeah. So showing this off is, you know, incredibly personal to me. Because, they, you know, these are things I've collected my whole life. And it's I've finally got one space to keep them all and... I feel really inspired when I'm in here. It is a lovely space as well. Mm. So tell us, tell the listeners, because they can't see right now, it's so <laughs> frustrating in radio, just where we're sitting. I mean, it's raining today, I can't believe it, which would be great for all the gardens out yes, there. Yeah, exactly. But explain what your studio is like. So my studio is pretty simple. It's actually just a double garage. But with the help of my partner and my brother, who's a builder, we stripped the roof off and put clear light in the roof um, so that it gets lots of nice sunlight. I've got beautiful workbenches all the way around with a table in the middle. And I would say the walls are pretty crammed with stuff. Interesting little things everywhere. Lots of art, lots of terrariums. Actually, this is pretty low for what I usually have. Yeah, actually, I was looking at your Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook right now, go to Jungle Terrariums and have a nosy because there's some really cool, um, I was going to say LED, some lead light pieces and heaps of really cool dried flowers. Now, what are these? They yeah. remind me of when I was a kid. Those are straw flowers. Nana had them in the they? 70s. Yeah, they yeah. were a real 70s flower, and I just love how vibrant they are. I mean, that, that's them dried naturally. You've got, like, hot pinks, oranges, peaches... They're just so... I did actually buy them for a project and then I ended up just hanging them because they looked so lovely yeah, like that. Yeah, they're just beautiful like just that. Just left them there. Did you do the deer's head with the dried flowers? The repurposed deer's head. I did. I got given that and it was really old and its skin was peeling off and it was Ew. like kind of just so disgusting. So I thought, I can't get rid of this. I've got to, make, I've got to give it a new life. So I just put dried flowers all over it and thought, yep, garage needs a... Garage needs a deer, a deer head. Why not? Looks absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so, do you have regular studio hours here so that people, the public, can come and see you? Or I, um, I sort of take visits by appointment. Mm -hmm. So, I have another job as well. I work at a florist, the Wilderness in Paraparuma Beach, for two days a week. Oh yeah. So, I just do that because I love it, and the people are great, and it's a really fun job. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just if people organise it with me, I'm happy to have people round. I will eventually do terrarium workshops, oh, yeah, which would be cool. really cool. Yeah. And I'm hoping to have a lot of stained glass stuff for the Carpety Arts Trail this year, just to mix it up a little bit. Always good to try something new. So you're going to make a whole lot of stuff yourself. Like yep. what, what do you need for that? Do you need like a oh, soldering iron? So or how many do you get things. That? They don't get those bits, like the, you need the lead bits. Yeah, you cut the glass. And then you put a copper foil around all the edges and then you solder it together with lead and then you've got to clean it with lots of different chemicals and then put a patina on which changes the colour of the solder. Mm -hmm. So you can choose black or copper or silver. Oh wow. So it's a bit of a process but it's really fun. Did you make all those ones that are hanging up there? I did, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh wow. So I've been pretty busy doing that which is really cool. So if someone wants to 
order a terrarium. Mm. I guess they're all, I'm just looking around the room, they're all quite different, aren't they? Don't you, I mean, you don't have like your standard Happy Meal size yeah, of terrarium. I, I try and have a really good range because I know that terrariums can be on the expensive side, so I want you know them to be accessible to people so I have them from $25 oh, wow. for a cute little kind of mossarium yeah. right up until $800 you know for the really for the really big ones so I'm hoping to get into more kind of larger installations for office receptions hotels things like that because you know it's a really impressive piece to have in your foyer oh, yeah. and it takes pretty much no maintenance so that's what I'm going to work on in the next couple of years upscaling a little. So how long would an average life of a terrarium be? Or should they just keep growing and growing as long as they look after? Smaller ones aren't going to live as long because they don't have as much space to grow. Mm -hmm. So you might get a couple of years out of a smaller one and then have to replant it. But those bigger ones, I mean, yeah, 20 years. Far out. You just trim them back a little bit and keep, you know, let them do their thing. So basically, we're having that lid on is creating its own little ecosystem with exactly. uh, moisture, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, condensation. Yeah, so anytime there's condensation on the inside of a terrarium, you know it is watering itself and it doesn't need any water added. So it goes through a phase where it sort of the plants will release their water vapor, it'll hit the top of the terrarium just like a cloud, mm. and then once it gets heavy enough, it'll fall back down. So it's just the natural water cycle. Aren't you tempted to water them? I would be, and then I overwater it. <laughs> well, luckily enough, I have heaps of them, so I never get round to it. So do you have to look after other people's ones? Like, are there people that, say like me, would say, oh, I think it needs a water, and then, uh-oh. People do definitely send me photos all the time asking what they <laughs> should do, and I'm like, it looks great. <laughs> Leave it alone. Don't water it. <laughs> I did see on Nothing your Facebook <laughs> page a while ago that I think someone bought one back for a little bit of TLC, and... Mm. Cleaned it out with a paper towel on the inside. The magic paper towel trick. Mm. So they do collect a lot of dust, just like anything in your house, and they can collect a little bit of um, sort of build up on the glass inside, but that is just, you get a paper towel, wipe it off. It's incredible how much of a difference it makes. Yeah, that's all well and good, but when I look at this with the like skinny neck, you must have a bottle brush with a potato, with a potato, a paper very cloth. special tool that is a big piece of wire with a cork on the end that I tape a paper towel to. Oh, far out. <laughs> Shove it in there and clean so, it out. There's some serious yeah. Kiwi ingenuity exactly, going on with these. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. There's a lot of making it up, but that's why I like it. So Challenges. where are you going to expand to from now, Rose? Or are you just going to keep to the little studio and keep it as I, more a hobby? I am really happy with where it is yep. right now. I think I spend a lot of time trying to make sure I tell myself why I'm doing it, what about it makes me happy, and I don't need it to grow past where it is because it allows me freedom to change and do things and spend time with people I love. and. I don't need to be working constantly for the whole rest of my life. Yeah, that's not And your I'm goal. happy to live with just enough. Yeah. If that means I don't have to work for 60 hours a week anymore. Oh, yeah, what's the point? You need a balance exactly. in your life, don't you? Well, I've been really lucky too because I don't have a, a shop front. So over COVID, I've been able to still work from home, still send stuff out. So it hasn't affected me in the way that a lot of retail businesses have been mm. affected. Mm. So I think it's quite a good business model in that I have... You know, no overheads, no rent, 
it's just from my house. I just have a website, send stuff out once a week. How do you transport them though? So I can only send terrariums around the Wellington region because yeah. they are really fragile. I've got a really good courier, finally, awesome courier. And I do, for outside of Wellington, I do DIY kits. So that's all the different elements packaged up with a little instruction kit. Oh, how cool. And so I can send those all around the country for people who want to make them. That would make great Christmas presents. Uh, yeah, really cool Christmas presents. Just something a bit different and people get to keep them and watch what they do and learn about them. Mm. It's really nice. Oh, what else do you want to tell us before we run oh, out of time? I don't know. I just wanted to share how lucky I feel to be living in Carpsy with so many creative people supporting small businesses. It's just been great to see the community coming together and making sure all the things that they love stick around. It's a real, um, as you know, I come from Levin. And I'm really jealous of the art scene down here in Kapiti. I think mm. people are really supportive down here, and yeah. I think it's slightly missing up in Horofenua. So I'm hoping that push will slowly make it north. There. I think it's going to get there. Even in the last three years since I moved to Paraparaunu, I have seen so many really interesting businesses open up, mm. especially down at our little shops, Paraparaunu Beach. We've got the power plant, we've got the wilderness. You know, that's a full indoor plant shop. I have been plant. down to it's the beach. So it's so cool. Salties has just opened. Yeah. It's got a food truck and cool. It's actually getting cool. Yeah. Things are happening, so it'll move it'll move its way up. Yeah, yeah, slowly <laughs> it's gonna make its way north. Yeah. Now tell us how you got into Womanhood Journal, because that's how I actually saw your picture online. It's a and beautiful magazine. It was really good. And I'll tell you what, I didn't read the article, but we had um Anna in. Anna came in as one of the guests on Local Architecture Now, which is another one of our programs with Rosalind Darby, and I recorded them. Nice. And so as I was just flicking through some stuff, that's how I came across your picture, and I thought, oh, there she is. I have to go and see you. Nice. Yeah, well, I know Anna through another Anna, who is um, the owner of the wilderness that I... Oh, right. The florist I work for in Paraparaumu, and Anna was in it last year, and I was talking to ACS Marketing Anna. Yeah. And she said, do you want to be in it next year? And I said... Yeah, absolutely. Of course. That's some advertising, isn't it? Yeah, and just, you know, it's just a nice feeling to be involved with these other women. We had a little catch-up with for some drinks, and it's a good sort of networking situation. Yeah. And just to learn what other women are doing is really cool. It's a lot more support out there, I think, rather than um, there's too much tall poppy syndrome where people are, oh, their stuff's not very good, and you sort of cut them down. So it's really nice to see this supportive yeah. um, atmosphere coming through with a lot of local women exactly. as well. Exactly, yeah, it was really good. I had a, a little bit of pushback going into the Carpsy Arts Trail, um, just people being a little bit funny about what they consider art and who should be allowed in and, you know, that kind of controversy. And it was like, I think that's what really resolved me wanting to say actually I am an artist and mm. nobody else can tell me whether I am or I'm not it's actually up to me mm. and that was incredibly powering, empowering even though it came from a not very nice situation it really helped me figure out that other people's opinions don't matter if I'm living my life as an artist then I am doing it yeah totally. no one else can take that away from me 
and you're waking up with the satisfaction knowing that you have these ideas when you go to sleep and you wake up and yeah. you're so excited you in the morning. You get that feeling in your tummy when you come up with something you want to do and it's just the best. Yeah. And working from home, the best. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good. So you're a couple of days a week down at Wilderness. Yeah, and then yeah. I do this three days a week, but yeah. really I just do it quite casually, you know, I'll go and do have a cup of tea, do some washing, come back in, do some work, yeah. go to the beach. It's It's a really nice way to live. Cool. Just a bit of variation in your life, I think, is really cool. I, li I like having two jobs because I can't get sick of either one of them. Yeah, and actually being around nature as well is really good for your mental health, isn't so it? So good. So much so better good. than being in a sink of yeah. dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say so, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. I know no, you've got other appointments. Me. Yeah. Now, if you've just tuned in at the end and you think, oh, who's Tanya talking to? You're on Conversations on Coast Access Radio. I'm talking to Rose Lawson, who is the owner and creator, I guess, of Jungle Terrariums. So go onto Facebook, Jungle Terrariums. You'll find the information on there. It'll also be shared on our Coast Access Radio Facebook page. And if you go to our website, you can hear this as a podcast at your convenience www.coastaccessradio.org.nz We'll catch you next time. Kaikite anō. You've been listening to Conversations on Coast Access Radio, a program where we talk with people about their lives, their passions, their interests. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.